You're listening to Angus Underground, featuring insight, opinion, and answers to the questions on everyone's mind. Prepare to be educated, entertained, and empowered with insight, news, and conversation with today's newsmakers. From the well-known to the not-so-well-known, raise your flag and join the revolution as your hosts, David, Joe, and Corbin, take you underground. Welcome to the underground. Uh, I'm David, joined tonight by Joe. No, oh, where's Joe? Has anybody seen Joe? Nope. No, I don't know where Joe is. Joe's not here. I tell you what, I bet he's on that sheep podcast. <laughs> you know what? I listened to that sheep podcast. Yes. And I kind of want to go buy some sheep. Oh, oh for come Pete's on. Sakes. Hey, come on now. You guys <laughs> must not have listened. You gonna start making your own clothes or something? Actually, wool is very nice. It's very warm. It's a little warm for here though because it's been seventy plus degrees the last two days. We're living in heaven was, right now. It I was mean, sixty nice. today. Blah blah blah. I got you short guys. sleeves on. Woo! Short sleeves on. Yeah, look at me. It's awesome. I got shirt, sweatshirt. I'm all freaking layered up because, hey, it's still winter here. It snowed. It snowed and snowed and snowed today. And and uh, snow in the forecast next two days. Yeah, today today was supposed to be the lightest snow of the next few days. I tell you what, I I think we're going to have to build an igloo. You know how to do that? I do. The only thing is, you build an igloo, and then in two days it warms up to forty, and your igloo melts. Nah. <laughs> it might. It might. And that's that's the good thing about, uh, or the the silver lining, I guess, to all this is. I mean, spring's around the corner. It's coming. It's coming. It's we coming. we were actually 40 last week. So, yeah, it was nice. And, and that gives us a good segue. Always looking for a good segue. But uh, so uh, Shauna and I, what do we do every year about this time? We take a giant road trip. Yeah. Because where else do you want to go in February other than uh, North and South Dakota? Do you have to hold Sean at gunpoint to make her come with you? It's getting more difficult. Yeah, it's getting more difficult to convince her. But uh, no, we have a good time. We have a good time, and he has to promise the best pizza burgers. That's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. (laughs) So yeah, it was a year ago that I experimented with the pizza burger. Um, I'm happy to report no pizza burgers on this trip. Ate a lot of steak. That's good. You know what, David, we actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to do this about nine times tonight because I'm just feeling it. But me, you and I were talking about how I don't think we could afford a pizza burger anymore. Oh, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So, so I don't get off the ranch much. Uh, when I do, I'm traveling. But uh, I, I, uh, I'm going to tell you what, you know, I'm one of these guys. So I drive two, three hours and uh, I stop. You know, nature calls. And so I stop at uh, some of these fine establishments on the roadside, uh, you know, truck stops, gas stations. And I'm a guy, too, that I've got to have a snack. Okay. So, yeah, I try to stay away from the pizza burgers now. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'll I'll try to be somewhat healthy. I'll grab a, a bag of pretzels. Maybe a Snickers bar and a and a Mountain Dew, of course. 
I'm going to tell you what I, so I'm really going to show my age here, but I remember a time when you could get uh, a soft drink and a candy bar for under a dollar. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you what it's geez. What is it? Seven bucks now. It's, it's ridiculous. It is. Stupid. Well, you know, I went, I go and I price shop too. I'm like, Oh, this bag of chips is $3. Well, I'm not getting that. I ended up with a small soft drink, uh, self-serve because it's the only thing that's under a dollar it's 99 cents really if you're up in the dakotas it's about still about a dollar 89 for that little drink and then i'm getting the smallest slim jim they got because that's the only thing i'm like i'm not spending over five dollars just for some junk it's crazy it's crazy it's unreal it's unreal a a staple of my diet has always been those little chocolate hostess donuts you know (laughs) know, if you can't can't find a proper (laughs) breakfast you know, package of those six little donuts or tiny, you know, it, it'll suffice. So I'm here Three to tell bucks. you, I'm here to tell you there's a truck stop here in Montana that I stop at because it's, it's kind of at a spot where I can, I can get some fuel and make it home. $3 and nine cents for those six tiny little donuts. Are you kidding me? That's pretty much I mean, everywhere. And, uh, let's, <laughs> Let's get a little political. I mean, our our president, I don't care whether you like him or not, the, the guy's out of his mind because he says, oh, what inflation? There's not inflation. Are you kidding Shoot. me? Shoot. I mean, a, a year ago, that little pack of donuts was was a buck. Yeah. It's now 309. You used to be able to buy a, a great big giant Mountain Dew in a bottle for 99 cents. 249 now. Yep. I mean, it's insanity. The thing is, is like, even if that's what I get, I get kind of nervous about with doing this ranching deal because we're all, we all still need stuff trucked, you know, and that's just one of the things that we can't. Now that the trucking has gone so through the roof, oh, it doesn't matter what diesel prices do, they're not coming back down. They never do. And no. so that kind of makes no. me nervous about the future because this deal's insane, this trucking deal. Well, and it's, it's like that on all of our inputs, though. So. Yeah, everything. I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming you two guys, you you feed a a you know a mineral. A, I mean, we all feed mineral hell, <laughs> but it it's it drives me nuts. So I I don't remember how long ago it was. Uh, it was during you know at the height of COVID. There's some plant that mixes something over in Germany. They handle. Oh, all I the remember that. I think we even talked about that on the podcast. It burns it? down. Yep, and so. And and I don't listen. I don't want to pick on my dealer, my mineral dealer. But they say, well, okay, we've got to raise the price because this plant burned down, and so we've got to find a new supplier. And 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 I even joked at the time. I said, I said, so when they get this plant back up, the price will go down, right? <laughs> right. Ha 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 ha. Oh shit! It's out of control now. Out of control. Um, what do you pay for a bag of mineral now? I'm embarrassed to say. It's got to be close to 40. I, feel, <laughs> I bet it's no, close to 50. I bet it's close to I 50. bet it's north of 50. Um, no kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, of course, some of that's going to be freight because we live out here on the edge of nowhere. Right. Uh, 53 bucks a bag. <laughs> that is 53 wow. bucks a bag. Uh, and, by the way, a year ago, a year ago, we were getting it with the uh, Clarifly in it. 
and uh, those good folks from Centralized Sciences, they'll be back as a sponsor here soon. But, um, you know, a year ago, when when we bought the uh, mineral for uh, late spring and summer with Clarifly in it, I think it was 42 bucks a bag. And it's gone up that much. Now we're just getting the basic mineral. It's 53 bucks. I mean, that's insanity, folks. Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I, I have a lot of small producers, they call me, or new producers, and they're, they're asking me, hey, you know, what kind of mineral do I need to be on? And I'm no mineral expert by, by any stretch of the imagination. But I know the mineral we use is extremely good. It's a national brand. You know, it's actually improved some areas of our herd. And, and so I'm a big believer in it. But I, I have a hard time telling a young family that's new in the cattle business to go spend 53 bucks for a bag of mineral. Yeah, it's oh, tough. That's tough. That's, oh. Yeah. So. I think we're, we're less than 40. Wow. But I, I don't live in the middle of nowhere either. <laughs> no, you're right in the middle of everywhere. You know, back to our trip. Back to our trip. So uh, I, I promised myself we wouldn't be negative tonight. Okay. Um, I'm trying well, to be. we can uh, cross that off. <laughs> We've done it. Starting now, we'll be positive. I'm so happy all our inputs are so high. <laughs> <laughs> so every year. <laughs> yes, I'm thrilled. Yay. <laughs> Circle March 20th on your calendar for the Herd Builder Bull Cell in Othello, Washington. From the source for easy fleshing, maternal genetics in the Northwest, JR Ranch and Sackman Cattle Company will be offering 110 strong-aged Angus bulls built for the real-world cattlemen. Both breeding programs focus on cattle which thrive in low-input environments. Function, fertility, and efficiency are not just catchphrases at JR Ranch and Sackman Cattle Company. They are bred into each and every bull. Sires such as OCC Double Wide, McCumber Zodiac, Rainfall, Bravo, Stellar, Coleman Marshall, and Renown will have sons represented in this offering. Backed by the most customer-friendly warranty in the bull business, these bulls have been developed for longevity and are ready to go to work in big country. Along with marketing assistance for steers and quality replacement heifers, these two great outfits offer free delivery and volume discounts, along with a satisfaction guarantee for online and absentee buyers. For those unable to attend, the sale will be broadcast live on liveauctions.tv. Plan now to join us on March 20th at JR Ranch in Othello, Washington. In the meantime, go to jrranch.net or sackmancattle.com or call Jeff Schmidt at 509-750-8671 for more information and to request a catalog. Every year we take this road trip, uh, Sean and myself, and uh, we go visit Angus breeders, try to hit some new ones every time, and uh, we try to cram it all into one week. And by the way, it takes us like a day and a half to, to even get there because we're on the far end of Montana. But uh, this time we, uh, again, second time, second year in a row, we went over and saw Blake Eisenbys there at Hilltop Angus Ranch. Blake's a loyal listener of the Angus Underground and a good guy. And what a neat herd of cattle. I know I've talked to you guys a little bit off the off the air about this, but, you know, and by the way, we're taping this on Sunday, whatever the 
date is February the 19th. 19th. It's Blake's sale day. Yeah, yeah. So so Blake had to postpone his sale because of weather, but uh, it was today. I Unfortunately, I was out all day, so I didn't get to tune into the sale. I haven't heard the results. But. I actually looked. It looked like they got along really well. It looked like they were they – were, Top bull brought 18, next bull brought 10, and then they were they were solid at eight for like the next yeah. 30 on the list. So looked like they got along good though. No, he's got a great market there. And uh uh what's what was really cool about that that set of bulls was the sheer number of those bulls that were out of cows that were 10 years old and older. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. I, I think Blake told me the number is like 32, 33 of those bulls. I mean, good grief. There's there's very few herds that have that many uh 10-year-old cows in a herd, much less those that, that make bulls. And then there's an equal number of heifers. I bet you there's a lot of guys that don't have more than two or three 10-year-old cows. I bet there's some that don't have any. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't have many. I don't have many either. I've got four, five or six. That's about what we've got. Yeah, six, yeah. seven. But, yeah, that, that was really cool. And then from there, we went south, uh, went down and saw – uh, Bud and Bernie Copel there at uh, Copel's B and B Angus. Of course, they were in the heat of getting ready for their sale, which was uh, actually last Monday. Uh, and what a flipping sale they had! We're going to circle back and we're, we're going to talk about their sale in just a, a few. But from there, we ran all the way up to North Dakota, uh, went up to Shane and Amanda Talkington's ranch, Talkington Angus. Yeah, you know, it's the first time I'd been there. And uh, I don't I don't know if Shane or Amanda listens to Angus Underground, but but it was told their daughter was well, she's 16, 17 years old. She's a loyal listener. Uh, her name is Abby. Abby, if you're out there listening, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. But uh, what a great set of bulls there, too. And 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 by the way, Talkington, I mean, they're. They're outside of the mainstream, but a really, really solid set of cattle there. I thought those that set of bulls that uh, Shane had put together, I thought they were as strong as any I've seen. I mean, really good. And and Shane came out and told me, he says, hey, I build these for commercial producers. You know, I'm not really building these for registered breeders. And uh, he had a whale of a good sale. I forget what he averaged, between eight and 9,000. Yeah, these sales are awesome. These sales are awesome. They have been. They have been. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about these guys in Oklahoma. I just don't think it can be that good with what we've been through. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm with you there. But while we were at Talkington, uh, ran into another listener of ours, uh, Derek's, uh, and I'm going to butcher his last name. I, I apologize. Uh, Sue Honan, Derek Sue Honan. Uh, I believe Derek's a native of uh, Minnesota, but he goes out to South Dakota or North Dakota every year and uh, helps Shane out. Nightcaps for uh, Shawshankus Valley. Derek's a really, really neat young man, very knowledgeable, but uh, it was a pleasure seeing him there. From there, we ran over to uh, Brown's Angus Ranch, uh, Justin and, and Kayla Brown, uh, longtime friends, and their their bull sale was right after our visit, and I think they got along very well also. They did. Good set of bulls and, and uh, great people, so it was good to be there, but... Uh, so yeah, we we still had a few more stops. Uh, we went up to uh, Russ Mountain View Ranch. Uh, Josh Rust, uh, he's north of Bismarck. I'm gonna tell you what, that's a who's who cow herd there. I mean, if uh, 
you know, they've got the best of U.S. and, and Canadian genetics there, not only in the Angus, but also the Simmentals. And uh, we were, our timing was such we could sit there and uh, uh, attend jo Josh's sale, good solid sale. After that, we ran down and, and saw our mutual friends, Aaron and, and Shana Strauman, uh, Strauman Angus Ranch. Again, another herd that's that's built, you know, built for this maternal efficiency and built for the commercial cow-calf producer. And, and those bulls would rival any that you'd see in the industry. I mean, really good, solid set of bulls there. And their sale was actually yesterday, Saturday the 18th. Uh, seeing the average, it looked awesome. Yeah, great people, great cattle. And then from there, we, uh, of course, attended the uh, Shawsangas Valley sale where that's that's a spectacle in and of itself. You know, I I always tell folks, if you're a true Angus enthusiast and you have this passion, passion for Angus cattle, there's a handful of places you need to go and watch your sale. Whether you like their cattle or not, it doesn't matter. But as far as people that uh, uh, have developed a program uh, built on work ethic and discipline, and having a real target for what they're doing. Uh, I mean, Shawsangas Valley is one of those. Gardner Angus Ranch is another, but uh, uh, Shawsangas Valley, you know, I, I call it one of the great, great spectacles in the Angus business. Um, I don't know what their crowd number is. It's It's got to be 700, I would think. Uh, it's a huge, huge crowd, about as big a crowd as you'll ever see at an Angus sale. Uh, cattle are presented to the T. I mean, if if you ever want to know how to present sell cattle to their utmost presentation, you know, and I I know that it's not everyone's cup of tea, and and that's fine. But but these cattle are fed well, they're clipped well, they're presented well. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see. But you know, and I buy their genetics, okay. But but the uh, w one of the biggest benefits of going there for me is the. Uh, ability to network with other producers. I mean, wow, wow. There's nowhere else where you're going to see 700 other producers and where no, no way. The majority of the the majority of the people in the crowd are purebred guys too. I mean, there's some commercial yeah. guys there, but the majority of the people there you see are familiar faces and you know, you get to where you start seeing those sort of people every year and you know them and and there's quite a few people there that utilize a lot of genetics other than Shaws, but they go to that sale just so they can say hi and it's kind of I guess yeah. you'd call it kind of a meeting place, you know, for, for everybody. It is an uh, yeah, amazing sale, by the way. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah. They got along all right, didn't they? Yeah, four, 400 bulls, um, average 15,755, uh, 200 females right at 13.5. I mean, just incredible. And, and steady. It was good from the first bull to the last. and uh, It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a marathon. It's marathon sale starts at 10. I don't know that we've ever stayed until the very last animal, but I think it runs until probably eight o'clock in the evening. So it's, it's quite a sale. Shout out to Rusty's. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. But, uh, you know, we met some cool folks there, folks that I'd had some, you know, uh, shared text messages with or phone calls. Uh, Jason Meaden from Buck's, Buck's North Farm. I struggle saying that for some reason, but uh, Bucks North Farm in uh, Tennessee. Jason's actually a, a good friend of uh, Vince's. Yep. I, I met a young man there that uh, reached out to me since, uh, Josh King, also from Tennessee. 
and and there were so many, so many that came up to me and said, "Hey, we're we love uh, Angus Underground," and and I'm embarrassed because I I can't remember them all. But uh, uh, thanks to all those folks that came to me. Hey, Underground, I want to share with you some details about one of the really good breeding programs in the country. Brent and Tino Wieselmeyer, along with their family at Vision Angus, are preparing for their 25th anniversary sale to be held Monday, March 6th in North Platte, Nebraska. The Vision Angus herd is built with the commercial cow-calf producer as their primary focus. That direction has been successful as many have been buying their bulls from Vision since that very first sale 25 years ago. A great program is measured by the success of their customers. Several Vision Angus bull customers have reported an 80% breed up in the first 30 days of the breeding season. While another customer annually feeds between five to 600 head of Vision Influence steers. From the group harvested in 2022, only two failed to achieve at least choice or prime. Folks, I can attest, those results don't happen by accident. The Vision Angus program combines the industry's best sires with a cow herd that has the correct balance of traits, which positively impact the profitability of their customers. This year's sale will feature 70 stout-made bulls and 15 heifers from the deepest, most uniform set of replacements ever raised at Vision. The sires represented include Atlantis, True North, Farron Square, Rangeland, Deep River, Three Rivers, Plus One, and Accomplishment. See the quality and experience the value at Vision Angus. For more info, go to visionangus.com or follow Vision Angus on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you in North Platte on Monday, March 6th. So, Corbin, I know that you did a little networking here in the last week or 10 days. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I too, I went to two places that you also went to. Um, I wish I could have gone more places. It's just, uh, we're limited on help here and it's just tough for us to get away. And um, my dad holds down the fort for a few days for me so I can go somewhere every winter. And I decided to go to Bud and Bernie's and to Blake Eisenbeis's. I drove on up to Blake's and there's a cow there that I really love. And I just, I just, he had ET calves on the ground, a bunch of them. And I really wanted to see them. And those calves really do look the part. And the bulls looked awesome too. That cow, uh, it's the 54B cow that raised lineage last year. I just kind of fell in love with that cow and I had to go see her because, well, you know, if she lives, she's living at his place, she might live to be 20, but she's 14. And I thought if I didn't go this year, I might not get a chance to see her again. So, and she looked awesome. You know, she's just a whale of a cow. Um, it's amazing. You know, I like, I like cows that, uh, that are, that are kind of, you know, teeter on the edge of, of small, the small to medium to large, you know, I like them medium sized, I guess you'd say, but she's a whale and and it's just i don't know i kind of fell in love with her last year she had a perfect udder and those et calves look really good really good um blake had a good sale today too and that was a lot of fun i i enjoyed talking to blake too he's kind of a no-nonsense type of guy too you know if if, if he says something or he sees something you know he's going to tell you the truth and there's no smoke yeah. and mirrors you know and then we went and then i went to to bud and bernie's and dropped off the old man himself identity and we got him hung up there and uh it's pretty exciting <laughs> did you get emotional did you start tearing up are you gonna make fun of me if i say yes? i'm not making fun of <laughs> i know it no tears. i know you, you had an emotional connection we're beyond the tears side part of it so corbin our listeners probably 
They're thinking you hauled this bull up there in the trailer. <laughs> no, he's in the back of the truck. You know, one thing I kept saying to people is, you know, he's been the best guest to take anywhere. He hasn't moved or said a word or anything. <laughs> Did you talk to him? Were you like, man, this weather's terrible? Today. I patted him. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, the weather was terrible. So I had to wrap him up and keep him warm. When you stopped at a store, did you look over and be like, hey, you want anything? <laughs> Can I get you anything? <laughs> Scoop of corn and a bite of hay. Popcorn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where where does he reside at Copel's? Well, so they put him up in the sale barn there, and it was actually kind of a debacle getting him hung up because they couldn't find the stud. And I, oh, well, geez. I mean, I was I was part of the day, but he Bud just kept drilling holes into the freaking drywall <laughs> until he found one and and so he, what i, I mean, what i like, heard let me interrupt what i heard mullins dave mullins was there and he said the studs right here <laughs> pointing <laughs> <Yeah>. at himself <laughs> mullins actually if you want to know the truth it was super bowl sunday and mullins peaced out went to the house while we were hanging the head well he's not real <laughs> handy with a hammer he left us okay <laughs> No, no, I don't think I don't think he knows. A gavel, he's good at. That's a little hammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, a little hammer. <laughs> he can't handle the weight. Can't handle little hammer weight. for a little guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the opposite of Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so by the time we were done, I was like, man, that looks like a heroin addict's tracks on his arm up there on the wall there. <laughs> Jeez. And then, but I think, I think Bud actually had talked about pulling that thing down and I don't know what they're going to get some putty and repaint that wall, but he talked about hanging him in his den. I would have guessed that that bull is going directly in his den. It needs to. He's got that area where all those deer are, you know, it'd be perfect. He'd be perfect right there. But that was the bull. That was the bull that started it all for Bud. And I'm going to tell you. He's, he's been at it forever, but, and he's produced a lot of good, good sires, but that was the. The first really big name bull. And that's exactly what he would say, too. And I'm telling you what, identity may be dead, but those the progeny are not dead. That bull lives. I mean, there's stuff in there, like the air, the 605 cow, the mother to mm -hmm. identity. She has her fingerprints on that entire program, um, as well as the 3015 cow, which has produced, I don't know how many, how many great bulls at this point, but yeah, she's a daughter of identity. Yep, yep. And where could folks find Identity Semen? Well, there's a little bit left. There's a little, a little bit left, bit. guys. Um, the price might start having to go up if you guys keep buying it. But, um, yeah, no, man, what a what a set of bulls there at Bud's, too, though. Yes. You know, always. And, and I got got the chance to go through most of Bud's cow, a lot of Bud's cow herd and stuff, which I always I was kind of planning on trying to do. And um, lots of good ones there. Lots of good ones there and lots of demand there. Man, you know, that was one crazy thing about being at Bud's. It's a little bit different than here in Oklahoma. Um, and maybe it's, I don't know what the deal is. The weather was really nice, so maybe that had something to do with it. But there, about 20 minutes before sale time, there's nobody inside. Everybody's outside in the bulls, concrete, you know, everybody's going through the bulls. They're trying to improve yeah. without looking at the paper, whereas people in Oklahoma, you know, they're just like, well, oh, we'll watch the video or we'll watch them come through the ring. And you're like, man, you know, come on, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's just so different. And that that's going to be program to program, but I think Bud's built it that way. And I think that's by design. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true Testament to, to what he's built there. And, and um, I just want to echo what you said, Corbin, 
uh, we had the privilege to go through those bulls. We spent the day with with Bud and Bernie and and Scott. Let's let's not forget Scott. But what what was interesting to me, there was such diversity of sire groups, more so than than what I'm accustomed to in in my own program. But Bud has a very diverse clientele. I mean, he's he sells to these ranchers that uh, you know run in Cape Country, and it's kind of a low input deal. And then he's got some that run down where all the feedlots are, corn country. And and so he's got to have yep. a mix of, of cattle there. And what was interesting to me is as I went through those different sire groups, I mean, there there were dang good bulls in every sire group. Every sire group. And that you know what that means? That just means there's a cow behind. Yeah. That means there's cows everywhere. Um, so I do got to point out one more thing. So I got to you mentioned Scott. Well, Scott yes. was so kind to, to let me stay at their house and and SJ and Tinley and then his wife Kimberly. Um, just that's Bud's daughter. Just great people. Just had an just enjoyed our time. We watched the Super Bowl and of course Derek Derek Copel and his family, they show up with nine minutes left and they're like, Oh crap, there's only nine minutes left in the game. <laughs> you know, so we got to hang out with them, but it was a good time. It was a good time. That that whole family, uh, the Copels, uh they're salt of the earth. Great people, great people. Uh, and, and I would urge anyone out there, uh, all the people that we've mentioned on this podcast thus far, um, you know, they, they've, they've got, they're kind hearted. They would love to help smaller, newer producers, younger producers, each and every one of them. Um, and, and that's, what's cool is, we we choose these people that we go see and there's and and I know that we're leaving some out there's tons more that I should go see but we we try to shove it all into a very tight time frame um but we try to find people that are not only similar to us in breeding philosophy but but just good people that's what trips my trigger is is good good people and uh, Vince Yes, sir. So we didn't see you in the Dakotas. Where were you? Some of us have to work, David. We don't have <laughs> twenty guys helping. Like I can't believe Corbin yeah. got away. Hey, you got you got to take time to. So you're only as good as your network. Okay, I understand that. <laughs> I just can't. It's hard for me to get away. But you did get away because I, I did I, get away. Yeah, I I I heard a heard somebody tell me you you went out of state. I did leave the state. I had to get a passport and everything <laughs> to leave Tennessee. I wanted to make sure I could get back in. <laughs> yeah. So what'd you do? Where'd you go? Amy and I and Nate went up to the farm machinery show in Louisville, Kentucky. And I tried to prepare Amy. That's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. And I tried that, to prepare that Amy for how many people would be there. And she was just like, yeah, whatever. I was like, no, there's going to be a lot of people. Nah, yeah, whatever. To see farm machinery, yeah, whatever. But there was, uh, there was people. She got really excited. We were gooing and gawing over the combine, and she's like, she comes running over. She says, "Hey, you know that show I watch on TLC, The Seven Little Johnsons?" <laughs> what? The Seven Little <laughs> Johnsons? Johnsons? Never heard of that. Well, it's a show about. Little, little Johnson and say, yeah, seven. There's seven little Johnsons. Oh, okay. Well, they're little bitty guys. Three of them. They're little bitty guys. Yeah, three. Three of them were there, 
and walking around and like she wanted to go say hi to him. Well, but, she should uh, have. Well, she didn't. Celebrities. Yeah, there was all kinds of TikToker farm guys there, and but just about any machine that you can think of was there if it has yeah. to do with agriculture. So I, I know a couple of other guys that went and uh they said they had even had cat you know cattle equipment there. They do. I you know, I me and Nate were talking the only thing, and I'm not saying it wasn't there, we didn't see it, would be like a feed mill, like a grinder mixer. Yes, it was there. Uh, it, was it was because I needed to look at them. Um, I follow uh the company Artsway. Yes. On social media. And and they had a picture of of their grinder mixer sitting there at the show. Hmm. I wish I had found them. But yeah. we looked at several vertical mixers because I'm going to be in the market for a new one next year. And so what do you like? Looked at all the farm stuff. So they got guys helping you there with all that stuff. Is there like is it like showroom type stuff mostly, or oh, is yeah. there some of that? Oh, it's nuts. Like John Deere probably had a hundred by a hundred square hmm. full of combine planters hay baler, skid steer, loader trackers. Didn't you send a picture of a 4465, like an early 4455 had 80, 98 original hours on it. Mm. It was nuts. I, I ran one of those. It's been, oh, geez, 25 years ago. So is it for sale? No, it's somebody's. It was a good tracker. Oh, that was yeah. a really good track. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I, I, yeah. One of these days I'd like to go, go see some of that stuff, but it's neat. Yeah. But I mean, if you're not in the market for something, it's just kind of keeping up with, you know, it is neat to see the stuff. So if you're, you don't get too far out of, uh, well, I'm not buying anything. I'm not buying anything. Next thing you know, I didn't even know they could do that. You know, yeah. you can keep up with the times. These dang tractors will drive themselves now. Oh yeah, I got one. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so you look, do. there's these there's these two guys uh, up in Etheridge, Lawrenceburg, Etheridge area. They make this display out of the little bitty tractors. Yeah, it's awesome. Or they one sixty fourths. Yeah, yeah. They had yeah. a semi flipped over and a wrecker picking it up, <laughs> and they had one a tractor stuck and another tractor, and then the sprayer spraying. And oh, that's cool. Hey, listen, it was neat. I got a friend that's a listener to this podcast that actually met David at Shaw's. His name's Mark Spaminato. Spaminato. I actually don't know how to pronounce his name, but he has got like four hundred of them John Deere tractors, the little ones. The He's got really? everyone they made since like nineteen. 19- 70s i mean and they're all in his house and it is awesome it is awesome does he have like just on a shelf or did he make like a little oh he little farm center he's got it all set up where he's got them on shelf and then he takes them out and gets them all to do their job and he's got like a little <laughs> he's got like a little field that he plows with his little deals and it's awesome all the that's the cool thing about a lot of those little toys is they actually work yeah they actually yeah. work i mean they're actually a well reason. you got to push them you got, well, and you got to go vroom, vroom. They vroom, don't vroom. got little men that drive them. <laughs> but the, vroom, plows, vroom. the plows and stuff, as you move, actually plow. And yeah, but this guy had little like guys walking up to fill the sprayer <laughs> up and standing there holding the hose. And it was cool. Like these guys spent a whole year. He had little robots that walk around or what? No, <laughs> they don't move, Corbin. 
Come on, man. Now, they're like a little, little cool. green army, man. And their remote control. That would be cool. That would be cool. I'll sign up for that. And he had black cows. He had black cow cats. There you go. There you well, go. What else would you have? I don't know. So, so when I was a little kid, uh, and, and by the way, I'm not an equ- equipment geek now. It's, it's interesting to me, but eh, I'd rather go look at cows. But when I was a kid, I, boy, I was quite a farmer. I don't know how many acres I was running there, but, uh, you know, I had the tractors and the, uh, the big disc, the huge disc, you know, and, uh, I'd get down the floor and the carpet back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, and, uh, so that's just like, usually back and forth, back and forth. That's what I think about for me is like back and forth. Oh, come <laughs> on. Back and forth. <laughs> well, now with these GPS tractors, I mean, set on there and. What, well, I think Vince TikToks all day. I watch Netflix. <laughs> dang sure got to bring I, you. Dang I sure got to bring a phone charger with you for sure. We have it set up where the iPad is mounted and it plays through the stereo system of the tractor. Oh, and good we grief! Watch Netflix. Yeah, that's oh not work. Gosh. That that's relaxing. That's not work. By by the way, um, you know we have a ton of listeners, and and uh, I always get these guys. They, they said, hey. Uh, your guys's podcast is really good tractor listening. So they got the GPS set, and yeah, they're they're sitting there listening to the so underground. If we put them to sleep. There, it's okay because I got the GPS. <laughs> exactly. <set. laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> this episode is sponsored in part by Shady Brook Angus Farm. Vince, you have a special event coming up. Tell us about it. Yes, David. Our annual production sale is coming up on April the eighth at five p.m. This year just happens to be our 50-year anniversary. Wow. So we're pretty excited. Um, the, the sale will be held in Leoma, Tennessee. Yeah, right there at the farm. Yep. That's super. So the Shady Brook Angus program, uh, one of the most storied in the Angus breed. What are you going to be offering in this event? Well, this year, for the first time, we'll have some ET calves. I usually hold on to all those. We'll have some fall splits, we'll have some spring pears, we'll have some hurt sour prospects, we'll have red heifers, we'll have open heifers, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a nice, uh, a nice diverse offering, a little bit for everyone. And uh, you surely have some features that you're really proud of. Tell us about a couple of those. We do. We have a nice renowned daughter from the Madam Pride family. We have a nice Bismarck from the Elba family. So that's just a couple of them, and we'll have several. I can tell our listeners, I mean, the Shady Brook Angus program is synonymous with the Angus breed's greatest families. You look back over the history of the breed, and and many of the great cows have called Shady Brook home. So I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, digging into this offering. For those that cannot be there on sale day, uh, do you have an online bidding platform? We do, CCI Live. So if you can't be here with Easter on there, come early, look at the cows, bid online, or we'd love to have you sell today. Yeah, and folks, don't hesitate to reach out to Vince. Vince will tell you the unvarnished truth about uh, each and every one of these cattle. In fact, Vince, I know that uh, you guys put these cattle through a very rigorous pre-sale checklist. Tell us a little bit about that. We try to nip any problems in the bud, cut it off the pass. So we, every animal we run through the chute, palpated. If they're supposed to be pregnant, great. Make sure they're still pregnant. If they're supposed to be open because they had a new calf, make sure there wasn't some issue calving that we couldn't see. 
if it's an open heifer, make sure she's got all of her ovaries and, and issues like that can be cut off. Bulls, mm -hmm. brown seedness, uh, breeding soundness exams, yonis, BVD, all that. Man, that's incredible. That's kind of a one of a kind to my knowledge. That's as thorough as it gets. For those out there that want a little more information, how can they find that? They can follow us on social media. We'll have everything as we get it online. They can go to shadybrookangusfarm.com or they can call me. Feel free to call me. Don't hesitate. Yeah, I know your phone number will be right there in the cell book, and I look forward to seeing that cell book. And until then, folks, check out Shady Brook Angus Farm, and we look forward to seeing you on April the 8th in Leoma, Tennessee. Now back to the show. So uh, speaking of listeners, uh, we're going to do a, just a, a real quick segment here. I uh, want to recognize some of our listeners, and but before we jump headlong into that, so this was International Week this past week here, International Week at, at Montana Ranch. Uh, we, we had two groups of uh, South American visitors. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a couple of them out by name here, but uh, uh, Javier Escura from Argentina, uh, Maxi Mora from Uruguay. Uh, those guys are a lot of fun. Uh, Javier, I don't know what all he's into, but... Uh, he was the judge of the Angus cattle at Palermo last summer, which Palermo is, that's the Super Bowl of cattle shows in South America. And uh, uh, Maxi, uh, Maxi has his own herd of Angus cattle in Uruguay. And uh, it was very interesting to visit with, with those folks. And then the next day, we had a, a group all from Argentina, and they were led by, uh, um, again, I'm going to butcher the name, I know, uh, Hugo. Jardo. Um, and, and Hugo uh, has a herd of Angus cattle, registered Angus cattle there in Argentina. And Hugo is a rabid Angus Underground listener. I mean, I was shocked. I'm like, geez. So, David, it, yeah. you have all these guests coming to see you. You see all these people. We need to get t shirts and hats made, jackets and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, I know Hugo would have liked that. Uh, you know, we, and for these guys, yeah, we've got hats set out there and keychains and all the the Montana Ranch swag. And uh, we told them, "Hey, go, you know, go get some hats." Uh, I said, "But you have to wear the hat the rest of your trip here." And uh, Hugo, he says, "No, no, no, I want your hat." And I said, "There's hats like this over there." He said, "No, I want your hat." And I'm like, <laughs> "What? The hat on my head?" I said, this thing's dirty. He says, no, that's that contains all of your ideas. And so I gave, ah. I gave uh, Hugo my hat. Well, then now you're going to be silly and not very smart anymore. You're not going to have any good ideas. I don't know who would want that stinky, nasty hat, but uh, Hugo's wearing it. And, and uh, I want to thank Hugo for coming by. And, and so he had uh, three, three other Argentinians with him. Uh, there was a vet. I think he said he bred artificial inseminated 16,000 head per year. Golly. I mean, that's getting with it. And then uh, there were, I think the other two were commercial producers. But, you know, both these groups that come up here uh, to North America, and I know uh, Santiago uh, de Bernardi, he had a group here at the same time. But they come up here, they're looking at our sires. 
and, and primarily what they're looking for are sires that have progeny on the ground. And, uh, you know, they're trying to secure semen for South America. So that was a lot of fun meeting those guys. It really, it really, uh, is telling that, that we are truly in a global marketplace right now. Uh, these guys knew us from social media. They knew us from this podcast. That's incredible that we've got that That's kind wild. of reach. Um, and, and we get the statistics from this podcast. I mean, we can see what countries we have listeners in and, and it's all over the globe. And, and Hugo even said, he said, if you guys would get a uh, Spanish language version, he said, you'd, you'd be the biggest thing in South America. <laughs> and I, I said, uh, yeah, my Spanish is terrible. You know, I, I can understand words and maybe a short, short phrase, but they don't speak in words or short phrases. It's, and it's a thousand miles a minute. They're rolling. Yeah. So I get lost, but, uh, so, so it was great to see those folks. And then, you know, we had a, I thought a pretty interesting episode, this, this last episode with, uh, Tom Brooks, you know, I've known Tom, Tom quite a few years and I knew he was a very intelligent man, but I didn't know the the depth and breadth of his knowledge, uh, especially the the personal finance side. That that just kind of blew me away, and it it obviously had a, a a pretty big impact on a lot of our listeners. And we've been flooded with a lot of messages here in the last week, folks reaching out saying, "Man, that was a great episode. We appreciate uh, uh, Tom sharing that information with us." And and we'll have Tom on again certainly because we we didn't cover. Man, it was like a drop in the ocean what we covered. So I want to recognize a few of those folks. And I, I told you we have a global reach. Uh, so I got onto social media right before we started recording tonight. And uh, a, a few episodes ago, we mentioned Niall Lynch from Ireland. Well, apparently we we have another Irish listener, uh, Inda Kearney or Carney from Ireland. Inda was having a, a, a back and forth with Niall on uh, who was the uh, best listener from Ireland, uh, Jenny Johnson. Jenny doesn't live in Ireland. She lives right across the street from us here at Montana Ranch. But uh, she said that the Tom Brooks episode was one of her favorites. And, and she's a loyal listener as well as her husband, Tyler. Uh, Landon Fryer from Texas. Uh, Landon reached out to us. Very, very kind words. Thank you for, uh, uh, for those kind words, Landon. Griffin Hulesman from Kentucky. Uh, Griffin reached out to us, uh, Melissa Kenyon from Michigan, uh, AJ Coletti from Colorado and, and AJ actually sent me a, a personal message and he asked a really good question within that message. And we'll try to fold that into an episode on it on its own at some point. And then Ron Waldron, Ron Waldron said he loved the show. Ron's, I don't know that Ron has any cattle. He's a sheep producer. So, uh, is that the guy Joe was with? No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. It could be, it could be, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe he, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's crossover from, uh, Joel, uh, Joe's night lighting as a, uh, sheep <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> so, so do you guys have any messages like that? Uh, so my, my messages aren't, aren't necessarily regarding, um, last week's or two weeks ago podcast. But I actually just kind of was going through when we mentioned we might mention some guys today in the sale and I was or on the podcast and I was looking 
looking through names and um, Joseph Upshaw. He's a guy that he he heard about us on the podcast. He, he messages Joe sometimes, and he's just a really friendly guy from up in Canada. And he just he just checks and sees sees how we're doing down here. You know, have you guys got any moisture and stuff like that? He's just checking in. You know, he listens and and he's worried about us and i sure do appreciate him him caring because you know he doesn't have to go through his day and think about other people but uh he's one of those guys if i ever go to canada i'm gonna look him up and go say hi to him for sure um wyatt durst so i actually feel bad about about wyatt wyatt's wyatt's a loyal listener and and i don't check messenger that much that's one of the reasons why i went on there today and Wyatt had messaged me a few times and i i looked through i was like how have i never responded to this guy and so I finally I responded to him and, and I was like, I'm I'm very sorry, Wyatt, that that I haven't been more more correspondent, but I told him to text me anytime and I'm just as bad at answering text messages as I am <laughs> answering on messenger. And then Ron Waldron, he listens to the podcast and uh, the cool That's thing about sheep Ron guy. is he's a, he's the sheep producer. He's the sheep guy, yes. So he's reached out to both of us. How could oh <laughs> how cool is it though that we're we're crossing over into uh different areas of life different different animals different livestock no it's it's very cool and 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 i i'm always amazed i'm amazed because you know i'll i'll run into hereford breeders simmental yeah. breeders charlet breeders red angus breeders and they say hey we listen to the podcast we love it uh that amazes me but but it's even a, more astounding that it's uh, <laughs> it crosses the lines of of species, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actually, it's funny you bring up uh, Hereford and Simmental. So Wyatt Mabry, actually, he's a loyal listener, and he brought up a question to us. It's been a couple months ago, um, but he brought up crossbreeding and and how to how to mate his Angus cow. You know, a lot of people do uh, crossbreeding where he's from in Missouri, and he's he's doing the Angus deal. But he was wondering what kind of crosses worked on Angus. And he was wondering what we thought about that. That's a million dollar question, first of all. But but I think the one thing that I would say, and this is just from, I don't have as much experience as, as these two do, but but just from what I've gathered and what I've done here at, at my place, after that first cross, it gets a little bit trickier to figure out what's gonna what's gonna get you that uh, that extra growth and that extra go and kind of what you're looking for. But as far as females. You know, you cross an Angus with the Herfer and you get those F ones, and they're they're pretty dang tough to beat as far as yeah, the cows go. They sure are. They're pretty tough to beat. Yeah, I I think it's just like breeding Angus. And uh, in, in fact, I think it's a little more complicated because you you've got to manage all this. You just don't go out there and and do it willy nilly and and you know uh, reap all the benefits of crossbreeding. I mean, you've got to have a plan. And and I know some folks they do a three breed rotation. Some just stick with the two, but yeah, that thing is Hereford, the black baldies. That's hard to beat. I know a lot of people are having a lot of success with the uh, Sim Angus, Angus on Sims. You know, and, and and let's let's tell it like it is. I mean, according to the uh, USDA Mark data, <laughs> Angus cows are now the biggest cows in the marketplace. Yep. You know, we bred all this performance into these cattle. Well, what happens when you breed all that performance and growth into them? You get big cows. Who would have thunk it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think there's been a big push, and I, I think that's where Simmental kind of stepped in, and, and uh, they've taken advantage because they've moderated frame quite a bit. From, I mean, listen, when I was a little guy, Simmentals were about the biggest out there. 
those big uh, red and white cattle, you know. Uh, but they changed them a lot. Uh, you see a lot of Simmental now that are homozygous black and a moderated frame. I, I think, uh, I don't know if I've seen the data on this, but somewhere I heard that Simmental has actually replaced Angus as, you know, the most modest mature size cattle. And and so they're using the Simmental to moderate mature size back on the Angus and capturing heterosis along the way. That's fantastic. Yep. And then if you're putting you're putting cattle in a feedlot, I mean it's hard to beat those smokes, those Angus shars. Yep, for sure. Uh, I mean those cattle are excellent. So you get a dark nose. You get a dark nose on them. It goes a long way to help, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. But uh, you're saying it depends on what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It totally depends. And so I think you know, it's kind of a cop out, but I would tell Wyatt, hey, determine what your goals are and uh, reverse engineer it and i think you'll get the answer you know study study that mark data i mean that's good data i mean these guys are collecting all this data on these different breeds and uh it's unbiased data and and kind of sort through that and, and find out what complements your angus cows the best and uh what your ultimate goals are and then have have a you know have a plan beyond that first cross yeah you know, are you are is you, are these going to be purely terminal beyond this? Uh, you know, these these mama cows that we keep out of this deal, or are we going to come back with something where we can keep females and move on again? That's what I was going to say. It gets pretty tough to. How like, are you going to market them? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you have enough animals and land to do two breeds? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you know. So, so one of our future episodes, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tease it. And it, it's listen, we don't even have a date for it yet, but uh, uh, we've got a, a really great uh, bull customer here at Montana Ranch, uh, Joe and Katie McAfee, Yorlam uh, Cattle Company, and they run purebred Herefords, they run purebred Angus, but their ultimate goal is producing these F1 baldies, mm-hmm. and they buy Hereford bulls every year. They buy Angus bulls for me. And uh, they've got a branded beef program. I mean, it's it's quite a complex deal that they're running, and and that's one of the the things I want to dive into with Joe and Katie is, you know, how do you manage it once you get past that F one? And I I know they're 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 working with some F twos now. And uh, what what does all that look like? Because at some point, yeah, you you run out of these quote unquote seed stock. And and you almost have to start from scratch again. But uh, I know they're trying to manage, you know, the two purebred herds and the crossbred herd. Right. Yep. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh, they're doing a good job with it. You've heard it before, but you're going to hear it again. If you own livestock, you will eventually own dead stock. You insure your vehicles, property, and farm against financial loss, and you can insure your cattle as well. David Yackley, a friend of the Angus Underground and fellow Angus breeder, can provide you with an individual animal or whole herd livestock mortality policy. You can call him at 360-266-8000 or go to the website insuremybull.com for current rates or to start your own livestock mortality policy. Don't let dead stock become a financial loss or burden. Give David a call at 360-266-8000 or go to insuremybull.com. Now back to the show. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to a previous episode and, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to eat some of my words here. 
but I, I alluded to, and this was, I don't know, three, four episodes ago, I alluded to how we as an industry, we, we keep saying, wait until next year. This deal is going to get good. Uh, because we've heard it our, our entire lives. And, and, and yeah, it does occasionally get good. Uh, but as we mentioned earlier on this podcast, uh, we've got these stinking high inputs that are really cramping our style right now. But, but I'm going to tell you what. Corbin mentioned it earlier. These bull sales in the Northern Plains have been off the hook. I mean, it's, it, it defies logic what these bull sales are averaging. Uh, I mean, we're seeing big, big bull sales averaging eight, 9,000 bucks. Okay. And they're doing that without extreme tops, you know, and, and they're doing that with a 90, 95% uh, uh, commercial clientele. And, and so that tells me that something's brewing. And, and all we had to do was uh, on this trip, you go out there, uh, Eastern Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Northern Nebraska. Uh, they they've had a good winter for moisture, uh, and all those areas, all those areas have been drought stricken here for a couple of years. Uh, but that that moisture's there, and what does that moisture mean? It means grass is coming. They'll have grass this spring. There's no question, and and that's something they haven't had in a couple of of the previous years. But I'm going to tell you what um, here in Montana, you know the the latest numbers I saw was we're we're actually running at about 50% of the beef cows that Montana normally has. Wow. 50%. That's an insane stat. It's sad. That's sad. It's it's real sad. Yeah. It's all due to drought. And I know Western South Dakota is, is, is they're probably in about the same predicament. Uh, but this moisture, this moisture has created unbridled enthusiasm. You know, it's it is wild. I'd feel remiss if I didn't say this to people. As this deal gets really good, don't go blow your brains out. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't go. I just worry about people during this because you know I do too. But but here's 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 what we need to consider. Uh the US has its smallest beef cattle herd since the 50s. Right now? Yes, yes. The last time we were we were at these numbers, what 2014. Our market got really good. Okay, so I I I think that's brewing. If we see this, and by the way, I'm I'm just talking about the northern plains right now. We're, we'll we'll get to the southern plains where uh, uh, Corbin lives. But if we see rain this summer in the northern plains, we're going to see unprecedented heifer retention. Mm-hmm. G- guys will not be selling heifers. Okay, and this feeder market will be fueled, and we're going to see a, a runaway like we've never seen before. Okay. Save your pennies. So that's going to happen in 2023. I'm, I'm pretty confident. And we're going to have a good feeder market regardless. Okay. It's going to be good. However, however, the wild card is in the Southern Plains. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still dry in Oklahoma. Still dry in, in, in a lot of Texas. Still dry in the Southwest. Okay, if we go through a year, if we go through a year here in 2023 where where those guys stay dry, we're going to see lots of liquidation in those areas. And those are big, big cattle numbers. But Mm -hmm. if that happens, if that happens, man, 2024, we we, we will never see a market like we'll see in 2024. 
that that you can you can etch that in stone. I mean, this deal is going to get good, folks. It's going to get real good, and and it's going to pay to have the right kind of cattle. And and the reason I say that, the right kind of cattle can sustain themselves through the good times and the bad times. Yep, exactly. That's what a lot of folks don't don't understand. You know, I I go back to uh, many many moons ago. I coordinated uh, some feeder calf sales back on the East Coast. And and here's what was interesting to me. We could never deliver a premium in an up in an up market, in a high market. Just couldn't. I mean, it wasn't there because all the cattle were bringing a premium. I mean, these feeders still have to make a buck, okay? Yeah. But where where we delivered was on the good, good cattle in the down market. Mm-hmm. That's when those cattle scratched out that premium. And that's that's why I think it really pays, really pays to have the right kind of cattle on your ranch. You know, and, and when we're seeing these record high inputs, it pays to have the right kind of cattle on your ranch. Yep. You know, we've all seen the data, you know, uh, comparing a 1,200-pound cow, which, by the way, there are not too many 1,200-pound cows out in the, the world. Okay. You know, it used to be an 1,100-pound cow. Now I think it's more like the 1,300-pound cow. Uh, but we've all seen the numbers, what it costs to run a 1,300-pound cow versus a 1,600-pound cow. And to me, it's all about number of cows you can run per acre and number of pounds weaned per cow. You know, so think long and hard about if you're going to uh, expand here in 2023, expand with the right kind of cattle. Because it's going to pay off in a down market. Right. And Corbin had Corbin had great advice uh, <laughs> when, when he said, be, be cautious. Blow your brains out. Don't blow your brains out. <laughs> you, you know, I can remember being a very young guy. I, I, I used to get the Drover's Journal every week. I don't know if any of our younger listeners even know what that is. That used to be a, a weekly newspaper. But it was strictly it's online now. Yeah, it's online now. Uh, but it's all, you know, it's all cattle related. Okay. Uh, but I read an article about a, a, a gentleman, and I wish I could remember his name, but this guy, at any given time, you know, he would own 50,000 cows. And he said, I own the cattle when they hate them, and I didn't own a cow when they loved them. <laughs> okay? There you go. Yep. I think long and hard about it. Hey, there was no need for any explanation. That's real simple. No. Own them when they hate them, and get rid of them when they love them. Yep. Buy low, sell high. So, uh, I, I know a lot of people have pride of ownership and, uh, there's nothing more detrimental to profit than pride of ownership. You got it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the, we've got that, uh, uh, staring us in the face and, and I think it's going to be really good for those in the, in the cattle industry. Um, this is kind of a, I call it a scatological episode. I just had a couple of things bounce around in my mind over the last couple of weeks and and uh, I wanted to, I guess, talk them out uh, on the podcast. And and um, if folks out there agree or disagree, let us know. But this one actually arose from our, our interview with Tom Brooks. You know, we, we, we only lightly touched on this FDA regulation that prohibits uh, purchasing and administering antibiotics without a vet's prescription. And that's new to us in 2023. And I, I guess I haven't even bought any antibiotics thus far this year. Uh, so I haven't haven't had to go down that road. 
but but I I really started thinking about this, um, and a lot of this kind of came upon me today as well. Uh, I'll I'll share my experience with you uh, of what happened today. So we live in an area. Uh, we're about thirty miles from a a, a good sized town. We've got an abundance of vets here in this good sized town. Uh, but these vets are small animal vets. You know, they work on uh, the cats and the dogs. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of horse vets. Because this is an area, quite frankly, a lot of people, they'll have 10 acres. And so they've got a couple of horses. Yeah. So a lot of recreational uh, horse people here. And so that's what we have for vets here. You know, we there, there are a couple of good cow vets around, but they're stretched so thin. You know, they, they can't service everyone. Anyway, today, um, I, I get a call from good friends. Uh, they bought some cattle from us. Uh, and they, I don't know how many they have, four or five cows, okay? But uh, uh, so they're calving right now, and, and they call, and they said, hey, we, we've got a problem here. We can't get a hold of a vet. And uh, one of these cows, I, I think she's having trouble calving. And so I, I scurry over there. It's uh, about a 50-minute drive from here. I get over there. And, and by the way, this is not the first time that uh, someone the area has called me saying that they couldn't get a hold of a vet, but they needed help uh, delivering the calf. So I run over there. And, and uh, yeah, sure enough, this calf is it's a breach. It's coming backwards. Uh, it's got one leg kind of tucked up in the cow yet. So it, anyway, it turned out really good. Got a live calf on the ground. You know, and I, I tried to use it as a teaching moment for these folks. They they just haven't been faced with this before. And and so we walked them through that, and uh, they've got a live calf, which is the main thing. But I got to thinking about this. Um, it seems like the small producers, the new producers, are always in the bullseye. They're the ones always getting the short end of the stick on this deal, uh, whether it's getting vet services and now even this this new FDA regulation about antibiotics, because to do that, you've got to have a relationship with your vet. And quite frankly, there's not enough of these large animal vets to go around. And so the folks with four or five cows or 10 cows or 20, they can't get a vet when they need a vet. So they, they never develop this relationship with the vet. And, and so I, I got to thinking about this quite a bit and, and, uh, Obviously, my heart goes out for these these small new producers, um, but I, th I think the the bit of advice and 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 Tom had the advice. Well, develop a relationship with your vet. Okay, I get that, and and that would be the the most logical first step. But I would go one step further: create a relationship with someone in your area who runs cattle for a living. And I can't promise that. They're going to be like me, and they can break away on a Sunday afternoon to go pull a calf. But they might invite you over, you know, come over. You know, I'll call you next time we're having to pull a calf, and you you can at least observe and see what equipment you need and and see what the procedures are. But this, yeah, this this whole deal, this whole cattle industry, this whole society right now, it seems like it's it's favoring the large producers, and we need these small producers. I forget what the statistic is with American Angus. Call, call American Angus. They'll give you the number. But uh, the percentage of producers who own less than 100 cows, 
is way more than those who own more than a hundred cows. So our nation's full of these, yeah. these people. And, and, and can you own a hundred cows and make a living? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but, but quite often these are folks, who, uh, you know, work off the ranch or farm. Yeah. We've got to look out for those folks. So let me ask you this. Yeah. With this new, with this new deal that, I mean, pretty much everybody's has had to this point, LA 200 or something by the shoot. Yeah. Yeah. The, now that it's harder to get, will some of these people, they just probably won't have it. So then the animals are going to suffer or what? Yeah. I, I think ultimately that is the case. If you can't get a hold of a vet, you know, if you got four cows and, and the vet won't answer your daggum phone call, how are you going to get it? Right. Unless you live next door to David Brown and you come over and say, hey, can I get a dose of that? Yeah, but that gets old. And by the way, I'm going to do it. I've been there. I realize I'm I'm in violation of the law, but I'm going to do it because you, you, you can't have animals suffer. No. I mean, this is, by the way, I think this is the most ass backwards rule ever. It's stupid. I want to point out to people that it, it, for sure in my, that are in my area that are, that are within, I know a lot of you guys know I'm, I'm right here in the Colgate area, but if they're, if you're within a couple hours from here and, and you're having a hard time getting, you know, you don't have a relationship with a vet, you can't get medicine or whatever. Call me. I know people we will get you hooked up. We'll get you fixed up. Don't worry. Uh, and I think there needs to be, you know, like David, you probably have now you're not medicine. talking black legal black uh what, what do they call it black market drugs don't worry about what you're doing <laughs> just give them a shot it'll work i swear don't worry about what it is don't worry about what it is and i i would say this too i mean uh, after perusing social media i mean there's no question there's a lot of folks that don't need to own livestock no i oh, mean boy. when they're talking about rubbing uh, curing pink eye but rubbing salt in the eye that is the dumbest thing ever folks put salt in your eye but that is so far beyond entertaining though like don't tell them to stop david (laughs) what would we do to entertain ourselves so uh, i'm I'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw some shade at corbin and his oklahoma homies so (laughs) the the most the most entertaining group that i belong to on social media is oklahoma cattle Oh my oh, gosh. I always say we're about 20 years behind the rest of the, <laughs> rest of the I'm, I'm an industry. Okie by, by birth. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not too far removed from it, but I read a deal the other day. Um, uh, this person, uh, they, they posted, Hey, I got an animal here that keeps bloating. What do I need to do? Oh my gosh. And, and 300 comments left. The gold is always in the comments folks. You got to read the comments. Can we can we stop? If someone's <laughs> coming to Facebook to look for advice, they don't want you to say call your vet. So quit freaking saying it. Yeah. yeah quit saying yeah. call your vet. <laughs> I think I thought of that. Thanks. The, the worst piece of advice I've ever seen to cure this this chronic bloater was dump diesel fuel down it. What? <laughs> just, I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. A 22 bullet would do the same thing as the diesel. <laughs> yeah. Goodness Jeez. gracious. So yeah, d- develop a relationship with, with somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. Um, there's good cattle producers all over this great land. And, and, uh, what I have found the, the truly good ones, uh, they've got the heart of a teacher. 
and they'll they'll reach out and help you and and uh, get you or or yeah or call Corbin for Pete's sakes. Don't 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 call or text call me, me because <laughs> or call Vince. Vince is. Uh, I will be glad to help anyone. Listen, if you live in Oregon, don't call me. I can't get you medicine. But if you live exactly. somewhere within a bit of me, you know what? I've got a guy. I got a guy for <laughs> everything. Guy. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so it goes back to what we were talking about earlier when I said uh, you're only as good as your network. Exactly. You know exactly. that that goes for marketing. That goes for uh, animal care, animal husbandry. You're only as good as your network. So. Marital advice. <laughs> Don't go to David for marital <laughs> advice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've I've been known to tell folks. Uh, yeah, that's that's great that you're getting some empathy from this other person. I said I'd be the last <laughs> person I'd call for empathy. <laughs> yeah so if you guys are ever having a bad day and you're and you're down on yourself don't call david <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm Actually, gonna make it worse david it will enlighten you and make you feel better by probably telling you somebody else has it worse maybe him <laughs> <laughs> which always brings joy to me i never have it worse except for the weather okay i'm the only one in the world that has bad weather yeah, oh. you are. <laughs> yeah, thirty degrees in mud is wonderful. I'm here to tell you. I know we we all have our crosses to bear, but uh, that's right. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Join us at Angus Live on March 14th for Volume Two of the Upchurch Brothers and Guests Online Sale. This power-packed offering of embryos, flushes, and semen is female-focused and maternal-made with elite genetics from Upchurch Brothers. Shadybrook Angus Farm, and Buck Snort Ranch. From Upchurch Brothers, features include a sex tear for pregnancy sired by Atlantis and embryos sired by Rock. Out of the Emblanet 9116, she's the maternal sister to the popular SAV Abundance and dam of the top-selling heifer of the 2022 Shadybrook sale. Flushes from Pine Cooley Black Cap D35, a stout-made resource daughter whose type and production are the kind to build a herd from, and ZWT Dixie Erica 9396, the youthful 12-year-old 6807 daughter that still looks and moves better than most five-year-old cows. Talk about a rare opportunity. Vince Santini from Shadybrook Angus is turning up the heat with embryos from their foundation Chloe 021, sired by Jesse James, Bloodline, and Atlantis. Folks, this is a perfect utter, gorgeous full sister to the $375,000 Coleman Chloe 9275 at Boss Angus. Included in the Shady Brook offering will also be elite embryo matings from the Beauty and Donna families. Jason Meaden and Bucksnort Ranch is digging deep into their donor arsenal by offering a flush from Emblanet 5020. This maternal sister to International is one of the most complete and powerful renowned daughters anywhere in the land. Rounding out the Bucksnort offering will be embryos sired by the ever-popular Jesse James. Plan to be with us at Angus Live on March 14th for this can't-miss event. Until then, you can view the catalog at angus.org and visit upchurchbrothers.com or call Randall at 256-239-5379 for additional information. Well, guys, uh, I think we've... uh, used up another hour 
of your valuable time. We, we hope that it's giving you some entertainment as you're driving your tractor to and fro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sorry to the wives out there that are having to listen. Very sorry. And the, or the husbands, whoever. I feel so bad for that. Guilty by association. It was uh, Amanda Talkington. She was telling us about her daughter, Abby, who uh, I, I hope I've got the names right. Abby's a big basketball player, high school basketball. Okay. And uh, Amanda related that when they're driving to games, they have to listen to Angus Underground at Abby's request. <laughs> so I'm sorry to you, Amanda. That's awesome. Amanda, I apologize. I think we should have a wives episode. I and we agree. just sit back and watch. I'm I'm going to tell you what, I, it would be the highest rated episode ever. Uh, I don't know. I'm who. not listening because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Could you get Lucy to do it? I don't know if she knew Amy and Shauna and uh, Abby. Oh, for sure. And she would just uh, talk about everything I do that pisses her off. <laughs> but, you know, that would be so awesome. Hey, how about uh, the dog? How about the oh, dog? Strawberry. You oh, yeah, strawberry. Yeah, we didn't even mention that on the podcast. Shame no. on us. So this dog shows up, and I'm glad we're throwing this on at the end here. So people, if you guys want to tune out now, now's the time. <laughs> but this is actually a pretty good story. So I'm I'm out feeding, and I'm driving a tractor around, and this dog's just chasing me all over everywhere. I mean, this dog must have run 10 miles this day. You know, it's, it's skinny. You know, it's, it just shows up from nowhere, um, which we're kind of – we're in an area, we get a lot of strays and stuff. So I'm, I'm used to it and I just keep doing my thing. And that thing ends up following me all the way home. And it's, and I, and I come inside and I don't tell Lucy cause I don't, I want her to, you know, be like, dang it. There's another dog out there when she gets home. Oh, Amy, we would have had to keep it. I, yeah, that happened. Um, <laughs> that happened. And so Lucy gets home and it's dark outside and she's getting out. She, she says, Oh, this dog's got a collar on. She reaches down to grab a collar. Well, this dog had a, uh, fence wire a metal awful. fence wire wrapped wow. around its neck it was deep too wasn't it and it was cutting a hole in this dog's neck i saw the picture it was huge yeah must have been an inch and a so half bad. deep oh it was awful and you know i've actually stayed up at night not being able to sleep thinking about that just thinking about um did this dog get it caught around its neck out running around or you know it's and then the, the worst thought in the world is did somebody tie this thing around this yes. dog's neck and, and it literally i'm the type of person that that if i have something on my mind i won't sleep and it's kept me up nights thinking about how somebody could do that to a dog because i don't know i love all animals and all creatures but man that is just that's tough stuff and so as it turned out you know we we, we called um and we have a contact of a lady in town that that kind of takes in strays and tends to them and stuff and and this dog was so sweet and and we took it and, and, you know, at first I was like, Lucy, do whatever you want, but I don't want to have to take time out of my day to tend to it. Well, I end up doing all this stuff and, <laughs> and, and we end up keeping this dog and Milo loves it. And she named the dog strawberry. And so strawberry just follows me around all day. And I was kind of the one that was like, you know what? I don't think we need another dog. We've got seven already well now we got oh eight. my god you got seven dogs. i got i got working <laughs> dogs that stay in the barn we they got a heated barn over there but uh um but yeah so we end up keeping this dog and, and she's just the sweetest thing and and i was the one that didn't want the dog and anytime i'm sitting there she comes up and just jumps right in my lap and just right in my face and just because you and, saved her life she's telling yeah. you thank you 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's an incredible story, Corbin. I mean, just a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's one of the things you'll never forget. And, uh, hopefully that dog lives a long time and Milo get to have a, a pet and she'll, you know, we're, I feel like we're, we're teaching her the right things in life, you know, trying to Indeed. teach her to be a good human. So no, when you, when you told me that story, yeah, I've got a soft spot for dogs too. And it made me so proud of you because you, you did right by old strawberry there. That's and, right. and, and that was a good teaching moment for Mila. And, uh, so I'm glad it's a happy ending. Oh yeah. For Mila strawberry and Corbin and, uh, and, and it's a fitting happy ending for this episode. So for all you folks out there, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks. We've got a great episode coming up with a special guest from North of the border and a really, really cool timely topic. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, production sales and the expense that goes into those and how to control some of that. But until next time, please keep it underground. This episode of Angus Underground was brought to you in part by Montana Ranch, the source for balanced trade Angus, which are different by design. If you love this episode, head over to where you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, check us out on social media where you can interact with us and to suggest subjects that you'd like us to cover on upcoming episodes.